You are listening to Pastor Kevin Giddings of Harvest Community Church in Catanning, Pennsylvania. We pray that you'll be challenged today as you listen to a sermon entitled, The Perfect Man, recorded on June the 5th, 2016. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org. Let's join Pastor Kevin as he preaches. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Now as you're turning there, you may want to look at the title. It's called The Perfect Man. Now, the sermon's not about me. Just want you to know that. Oh, Kathy. I think Kathy was ready for that joke. So, uh, in single ladies, I'm not going to be talking about the perfect man. I'm not going to bring the perfect man up here for you. Uh, nothing like that. Uh, this is so ladies don't get too excited. Uh, this really is a message about a challenge to press on towards spiritual maturity to build the body of Christ. That's what we're talking about this morning, the perfect man, a challenge to press on towards spiritual maturity to build the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Before we read that text, uh, the reason I chose this text is that when Pastor Mike started the current series that we're in called Growing God's Healthy Church, he started with a few verses from this passage. He used this passage to speak in general terms of what the church is, what it is to be doing, and who will accomplish its mission. And as a springboard also to preach on the church's top priorities over the next couple of years, coming out of our vision-defining retreat last fall. Who remembers that? Remember, you took some surveys, some leaders got together, uh, just through the direction of the Holy Spirit, we came up with some top priorities over the next few years. If you've been here over the last nine months, then you'll remember participating either directly or indirectly uh, in the VDR process. And once again, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, We came up with some priorities that we want to focus in on. Those areas are prayer, evangelism, discipleship, and stewardship. And we hope to not only go back to these basics, but also to increase in these areas over the next several years. So that's why Mike has been preaching this sermon, uh, or this sermon series, Growing God's Healthy Church. And so I'm just going to continue on, uh, almost like a continuation of Mike's first sermon uh, a few months ago, and also his last sermon uh, this past week, which right now we're in the area of discipleship. We've heard messages on um, evangelism, uh, prayer, and we're right in the middle of, uh, actually at the end of discipleship. And then next week, I believe Mike will be preaching on on stewardship. So this is where we're at. So today, I want to remind us of why we're preaching through this series, which I just did, and then dive into the weeds of this passage, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, a little bit more as a continuation of the sermon Mike preached a couple months ago called Join the Work, Build the Bride. That was his original uh, sermon a few months ago. And by weeds, what I mean by that is I mean going from what Mike taught us in general, general ways and adding some specifics from this passage that teach us about what God is up to in building the bride and how that relates to our spiritual growth individually and corporately. All right, so let's see what God has for us today in his word, okay? Turn with me to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. <clears throat> the Bible says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To what end? To mature manhood, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray together. Father, we do ask for the blessing of your word upon your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that uh, you would bless this word, uh, that you'd give me grace, that you'd give the hearers grace to respond and receive your word. So right now, in the next few moments, I pray, Father, that you would glorify yourself through the preaching, through the proclamation of the good news. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so Pastor Mike, uh, a few months ago, used the biblical metaphor of the church as the bride of Christ in his introductory sermon. He did this to illustrate Christ's love for the church by saving her and building her up. But today, what I want to do is I want us to talk about a different metaphor that we find in this passage, the biblical metaphor for the church, which is the body of Christ that is specific to this passage. The Bible says, if you'll look with me in verses 11 through 12, the Bible says that God gives to the body or the church variously gifted stewards of the gospel. Look with me. He talks about apostles. He talks about prophets, evangelists, shepherds. And teachers. And even though they're gifted in various ways, they are all stewards of one gospel apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers that he has given to the church for gospel ministry. And not only that, their purpose, if you find, if you look at verses 11 through 12, is to equip the saints. That's you, and that's me. Anyone who has trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior for the forgiveness of their sins, you are a saint. So to equip the saints for the work of gospel ministry. Now it says here to equip the saints for the work of ministry, but there is no other ministry than gospel ministry. We don't minister out of humanitarian reasons. We, we minister for the sake of the gospel, because of the gospel, and we minister with the gospel. That is what we're about. So the Bible says, once again, that God gives to the body or the church variously gifted stewards of the gospel whose sole purpose is to equip you and to equip me, the saints, for the work of gospel ministry. So that, here's the result, the body, the church, is built up. Now, let's look at our first fill-in-the-blank here. How did the Bible say the body is built up. How did the Bible say the body is built up? Well, it says through the work of gospel ministry, and that work of gospel ministry is to someone. It's not in a vacuum. That work of gospel ministry is to one another in the community of faith, but also it's gospel ministry to those outside the community of faith. One increases the health of God's church to one another, and the other increases the size of God's church, which is gospel ministry to those outside 
the community of faith. Now, several years ago, many of you remember when I was back at PVC, man, I was pushing probably 230, 240 pounds, okay? So, well, no, I was about to say go back and look at those pictures, but please don't go back and look at those pictures. I was, uh, I, I was not healthy, uh, extremely unhealthy, and uh, I remember having aches and pains, not sleeping well, snoring, and all sorts of stuff that, that comes with uh, an unhealthy body. But I lost 60 pounds after that. I de- dedicated myself to running and lifting and eating right and things like that, and uh, went all the way down to around 170, okay? Now I'm back up to 185. Um, but through that process, I learned quite a bit about myself, and I learned quite a bit about my body, and learned quite a bit about what it looks like to lift and run and lift correctly and get healthy, uh, both in uh, size, uh, and, uh, but also health. But when someone is looking to build their own physical body, they do it to increase both the health and the size, the strength uh, of their body. It takes the individual parts to do that. So I did P90X, some of you do other things, but I know that even today, Mondays are my chest day. Uh, Tuesdays, I work on a, uh, my arms, and Wednesday, I have a different body part, and so forth. But I learned that it takes all those body parts to make me healthy. I learned that I needed to dedicate each day to a different body part, and even to run, um, to exercise the body. Because it looks like to me, and it looks like as we're looking at the Scripture today, that it's the individual parts that when they are working out, make up a healthy healthy body. Some people use trainers or coaches. Some people use supplements uh, to reach their goal. See, the Bible says that God has given us teachers of the gospel, stewards of the gospel, and the gospel itself to equip and work out the parts. You are a part of the body of Christ. That's you and I, through continual gospel ministry to build up the body of Christ. There is a result, there is a mission of building up the body of Christ. Are you in, here's a question for you, are you in or out of the community of faith? If you are in, then that means that you, are, you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, you're following him as your Lord, that you love him, that you love the church, that you love the community of faith, that you want to see it grow, that you are in this with God to build up the body. If you're out of the community of faith, what's just the opposite? So this morning, I want to ask you, are you in or are you out of the community of faith? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior for the forgiveness of your sins? Do do you follow him as Lord? If you don't, we want to invite you this morning to hear the good news that God sent his only son to die for you, to live for you as your substitute, to bring you into a right relationship with God, to justify you according to what the Bible says, to save you from your sin to give you his Holy Spirit, to give you eternal life. This is the gospel. This is the grace of God. And if if you don't know that gospel, if you've not put your faith in Christ, we want to invite you to do that. And and as you do that and you pray and you receive him, you receive the gift of eternal life, the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you will be part of the community of faith. If you're in the community of faith or you are a part of the body then, whether you like it or not, you are, you are part of that spiritual body that we're talking about this morning. 
So the question for you then is, how are you involved in building the body? Through the work of gospel ministry to your church and community. Folks, whether you're in or out, it's time to follow the Lord by putting your trust in Him and being a part. Because you are a part of the body of Christ. Doing your part to build the body. Because that's what God is up to, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. When does this building of the body stop then, is the question. According to Ephesians chapter 4, look with me again and look at verses 12 through 13. The Bible says in verses 12 through 13 that the work of gospel ministry continuously builds up the body of Christ until, do you see that? Until, in verse 13, until what? Until we all, all the saints in the church, attain. Until we attain something. So what are we attaining? There are two things. The unity of the faith and the knowledge in the person and work of Jesus Christ. To know the gospel, to live out the gospel, to flesh out the gospel in our lives, this is what it's talking about. Until we reach a certain point of fully attaining what it looks like to live and to believe in perfectly the gospel. Now, we're not there yet, are we? We can't be there yet until heaven. But this bodybuilding or mature manhood according to the scriptures, this bodybuilding is what we're all about. It's growing in the faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. It leads to spiritual adulthood. This applies to us individually as well as corporately since we are all individual parts that make up his body. You see, spiritually mature parts connect together to form a spiritually mature body. If you love Jesus, then you love his body and are devoted to becoming a spiritually mature adult so that his body is built up or matures. The Bible says in the same verses, keep looking with me in the same verses, it says that a spiritual adult's goal and result in growth is to reach the standard of measurement. The standard of measurement or perfect stature. Full maturity, the word that it uses here is manhood. Manhood, which is the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. Think about that with me just for a moment. The fullness of Christ. If you have any learning whatsoever in terms of who Christ is and what the Bible says about him, then we're talking about a huge thing here. The perfect embodiment of both grace and truth. Omniscient, omnipresent, eternal. The fullest expression of God and love and God's love for us and for the world. So the Bible says once again that a spiritual adult's goal and result in growth is to reach that standard of measurement, that perfect stature full maturity, manhood, which is the fullness of Christ, the perfect embodiment of grace and truth. You're probably thinking, whew, that's, that's hard work. That's going to take a lot for me because my body's just not there yet. This part is not quite there yet. 
Well, God is in the business of building the perfect man, so to speak. He is bodybuilding in a spiritual sense, and your spiritual health or growth individually is truly meaningful to what God is doing. Truly significant. The process that has you in is meaningful. It's significant. Are you on your way to becoming a spiritual adult? Once again, you will not attain it. I will not attain it fully until heaven. But in the meantime, you are, I am, in a spiritual development process, whether we like it or not. If you've put your faith in Christ, then you are part of the body. And if you are part of the body, then you are in a spiritual development process if you're a Christian, because you're a part of the body of Christ. <clears throat> I know, I remember back in elementary school, uh, the first video that I saw on human development. Who remembers that creepy video? Uh, <clears throat> Back in elementary school, I kind of lived that out again recently with my daughter, Abby, and uh, it's kind of funny. On Friday, I preached the sermon, and she comes to me, up, comes to me after the sermon, and she goes, I heard you preached about me. I said, uh, yeah, okay, let's move on. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, you know, she, had that, she saw that video because she's in fourth grade, and she's becoming a fifth grader next year and saw this creepy video on human development, right? So I'm not going to go to, everyone knows what I'm talking about, I hope. And then, then I remember going, I remember being creeped out by that. And then I remember in eighth grade, Mrs. Shelton's biology class, learning more about human development. And uh, that's enough of that. I could talk about Miss Shelton, but I'm not going to. I had a crush on Miss Shelton. Um, so that was a little bit awkward, too, for me. Uh, then in high school, more human development, physically and emotionally. It gets, it'll give you a little bit more. And then I think, okay, I'm out of high school. I just graduated, uh, right, Justice? Graduated from high school. Going to college thinking that I'm not going to need any more of this human development stuff, and what do I get? I'm a psychology major in college, and I get more human development. I'm like, okay, I think I know enough about human development at this point. But one thing that I think is similar between the human development and the spiritual development is that we're all in process, right? It's a process that happens over time. Now, with human development, we don't really have a choice in the matter, right? We're, we're going to develop physically whether we like it or not. Some of us are going to lose hair, not me, but uh, Henry. Henry over here will lose hair. <clears throat> uh, some of us will gray, go, grow gray hair. Right? Tried to cover this over last winter. I don't know if you noticed that, but I was growing out my beard. I actually tried to color it a few times to get out the gray, and guess what? It was so frustrating. It was too, it, anyway, too frustrating. But it's, you know, whether we like it or not, it's going to happen. We don't really have a choice in the matter. At some point in time, we're going to see Jesus face to face, and what a glorious day that will be. But with spiritual development, you have a choice in the matter. You can either stunt yourself or stunt your growth, or you can grow spiritually into a spiritual adulthood. But the Bible says that we are all in that spiritual development process that God has for us. Therefore, the most basic question I can ask you is, are you open to growth? This is a key ingredient to spiritual growth and spiritual uh, building up the body of Christ, is are you open to growth? Are you seeking ways to grow? I call this cooperation. 
Are you cooperating with God in this spiritual growth process? Because it does take cooperation. It does take a choice of the will to say, you know what, God, I'm going to cooperate with you in this spiritual growth process. God asks us to cooperate. If you don't cooperate, then you just remain a child, according to the Bible. It does take effort on our parts. Grace-driven effort, the effort that God helps us with, it gives grace towards, but it does take effort. It makes a choice. It takes a choice to cooperate. As you can see, God is building the perfect man corporately through healthy parts, working out through gospel ministry, and he is also concerned with your individual spiritual growth because of that. But it's not just because he's building up the church that he's concerned with your individual spiritual growth. He's also concerned because he loves you. And that's the greatest news that I can tell you this morning, is that God loves you, he cares for you, and he wants to protect you. The greatest news that I can tell you this morning for those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior is that you have a good, good father. Let's look at verse 14. He says that he's doing this so that we may no longer be children. No longer be children This is pictured metaphorically and characterizes people in a boat. Now, it doesn't say boat in the Scripture, but it talks about being tossed to and fro by winds and waves. So you get the metaphor that he's trying to create here, that Paul's trying to create, as people in a boat affected by a few things. So look with me. Look at these few things that we're affected by if we remain as children. He first says that the waves and wind of, I would call, trendy and false doctrine. If you're a child, then you're going to be affected by trendy or false doctrine. Trendy meaning what is the latest fad that you find at the Family Life bookstore down in Pittsburgh or whatever. Whatever that latest book or that latest preacher or whatever that latest trend is, you're just going to follow right along because you're a child. And God wants to protect you and wants to protect me from that trendy doctrine. Sometimes it's false doctrine, just straight up. False doctrine that he wants us to not be swayed by. So that's one thing. Then he mentions human cunning. Human cunning. This is those types of people, because there are people out there that just like to play games with your heart, spiritually speaking. They're out there. Human cunning rather than the wisdom of God that comes from his word. And then there's a third type, craftiness of deceitful schemes. There are people out there on television that want to deceive you on purpose. Some of them don't know any better, so I want to admit that. They think they have good intentions, or they do have good intentions. But there are those that just straight up are outright lying to you craftiness of deceitful schemes. So these are three things that if you're a child in the faith, that you're tossed to and fro. And God, because he's good, and because he loves you and he cares for you and wants to protect you, he doesn't want you to stay as a child who is swayed to and fro by these few things that we just talked about. Now, I'm not a boat guy uh, by any stretch of the imagination. 
I remember learning early on, I had a buddy back, I believe, college or right after college. He said that the best day of his life and the worst day of his life was when he bought his boat. Okay? So I learned from that, and I went, well, gosh, I'm not going to buy me a boat. Um, So what I learned to do, though, was find a friend that has a boat and then say, hey, let's get in the boat. Let's go fishing, right? So I'm not a boat guy, but I did some research on boats, all right? And what I found, there's a lot of things about boats, but the two things that just kept rising to uh, the top here would be you've got to have a strong hull, okay? A strong hull, right? To get through the water pretty good. And the other thing you need is a great rudder. So what makes a great boat is a great hull and a great rudder, right? Now, I don't know if you've been watching, but uh, I've been watching it on Facebook and so forth and on the news. Uh, I'm from Texas originally. I've been watching the, uh, the floods that are going down in Texas and all that's going on with that. I, I, that really hits home for me, uh, both literally and figuratively because uh, I have some friends that are being affected by that. And, and uh, please be in prayer for the families of those army guys that got swept away the uh, past few days. Oof, it's terrible stuff. Um, but a lot of, lot of bad things are happening down there. Um, be in prayer for them. But one of the things that I saw the other day as I was looking at Fox News, I believe, was that there was a Hummer that got swept away, and I don't know if the driver was in it. Did you see that picture of that Hummer? I think it was a Hummer or a Jeep getting swept away, getting tossed back to and fro, and then eventually being tossed upside down and being swept away. I was amazed by that. And then a little bit later on, you see this guy who's trying to save people from house to house, and he's got a good boat. And so even though the waves are coming and going, The Jeep is being turned upside down, but the boat's just going right through the water because it has a great hull and it has a great rudder, and he's able to go and save people from house to house. Well, like a good solid boat, not like a car, (laughs) but like a good solid boat, strong faith and sound doctrine will get us where we need to go. Strong faith, meaning the strong hull. A strong faith will get you where you need to go. It will help you not get tossed to and fro. So we need to grow in faith. And that faith is in the Son of God, in the gospel. The gospel you don't leave the gospel once you come to faith. You continue to learn about the gospel, to flesh out the gospel in your life. And you grow in faith. And then sound doctrine is like a great rudder that keeps you going in the right direction. So we need both of those things. We need a strong hull, faith, and we need a great rudder, Doctrine, in order to not be tossed to and fro. So for us, it goes back to faith and knowledge in the Son of God like we find in Ephesians chapter 4. Faith and knowledge in the gospel, growing in the gospel. Why? Because children are easily imposed upon and swayed. If you have a child, you know that's true. I was watching... um, TV the other night with, once again, Abby. Please don't tell her I'm preaching about Abby. But I was watching uh, America's Got Talent. Ever watch that? And uh, there were some bozos that came on, America's Got Talent. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's it's a magic trick that they were performing. And Abby was like, wow. You know, she was swayed 
upon that. And I was saying, honey, you can't believe everything you see on television. But she was amazed. She thought it was real. It's like, honey, there's no such thing as magic. Because she's a child. She's easily imposed upon and swayed. And God wants to protect us from being a spiritual child so that we may no longer be children in knowledge, weak in faith, lacking in good judgment, discernment, and trust. Trust in God, easily yielding to every temptation. Folks, we should leave childhood behind and press on towards spiritual full maturity. This is what Ephesians 4 is talking about, that we need to be pressing on, moving forward, not lagging behind, not being stunted as a child and being swayed upon, imposed upon. See, folks, God wants this for you because he loves you and wants to protect you like a good father. And he wants this for us because he loves his body, the church, and is building it into the perfect man. So here's the question I have for you. Are you an old child in the faith? Now, let that question sink in a moment. Are you an old child in the faith? You may be long in years physically, but you may be a child spiritually. And let me encourage you this morning, and, and I believe the Word of God is challenging this morning, to grow, a, grow spiritually, become an adult. No matter where you are in life, you could be 80-something years old. It's not too late to grow into a spiritual adult or get on with growth. In what ways are you stunting your growth? Well, if you're stunning your growth, it is you. It's not God. Because in Ephesians 1, if you look at it, if you look at all of that chapter, God has given you and me everything that we need for life and godliness. He's given it all to us. So what is our part in that? Our part in that is just to walk in what he's already done. He's already done it all. He saved you by his grace. He sustains you with his grace. So guess what you do? You just cooperate and walk in the greatness of the good news of the gospel. This is saving grace, sustaining grace. And praise God that he will lead you on to home because of his grace. So church, this morning, what I'm encouraging us to do is leave childhood behind by seeking ways to develop a stronger faith and sounder doctrine through the Word of God and through the work of the Spirit of grace in our lives. Your leaders and your church can help you with that as well. And we're trying to find new ways to do that. We're trying to grow in that area as a church. Walk in His grace today and be strengthened by it. He is there for you because He's a good Father. Let's look at verse 15. The Bible also says, rather than staying in spiritual infancy or childhood, you'll see that in verse 15, by speaking the truth in love, we are not to stay as children, do you see it there? But should be growing in every way into him, into him who is the head, into Christ. See, the head is already perfect. So as God is making the perfect man, as he's building the perfect man, you already have Jesus Christ who is perfect. So the head's perfect, but the body has a ways to go. Right, Huey? Right. 
Amen. Some of you have, your body has a ways to go. My body has a ways to go. But this head is perfect, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We are already, here's the good news. The good news is that the imperfect body, spiritually speaking, with all of its parts, you and me, all, has already been connected to the perfect head, Jesus Christ. Folks, this is good news. We are not disconnected from Jesus Christ. If you have put your faith in Christ, you are connected to the perfect head already. The head knows what is best for the body. He knows what's best perfectly. He loves his body, the church. He gives life to the body. Folks, he gives you life. He loves his body, the church. He gives life to the body. And folks, he gave his life for the body. What a great Savior we have. See, folks, God is for you. He's not against you. He is for you. He wants you to experience. Now catch this. This is something that John Piper says all the time, and I just, I've made it part of my thinking. Because when I'm doubting, when I'm fearing, when I'm wondering, hey, am I even connected to you? Are you for me? He says this, Piper says this, he wants you to experience all that he has for you in Christ. All that God has, he wants that for you. That's amazing. Think about it. All that God has, all that he wants us to experience all of that in Christ so that we delight in him, worship in him, glorify him, follow him. This is grace, folks. Our part is to grow in every way into him. Once again, growing in faith and knowledge in the Son of God to reach spiritual adulthood, which is, here's another uh, metaphor, if you will, image of Christ. The image of of Christ. This is the fullness of Christ. Leaving spiritual childhood comes from hearing, receiving, and embracing the truth of the Word of God as it is communicated in love so that faith and knowledge in Christ gradually yet continuously grow in you until you attain spiritual adulthood. The Bible says that we have an obligation to one another to speak and receive the truth in love. Now, many of us have a great, do a great job of speaking the truth. Many times it's not in love. But I think we all need to grow in receiving the truth. This morning, I'm giving you truth. Are you receiving it with joy? We have an obligation to one another to speak and to receive the truth in love so that each of us, as parts of the body, grow up into spiritual maturity for the body to be built up into Christ, the perfect head, as God builds the perfect man. So the question for you this morning, do you not only seek the word of God, ways to grow, but do you receive the word of truth joyfully 
or begrudgingly. Some of us come to church and our Christian friendships welcoming truth joyfully. Then others, not so much. I know that there have been times in my life when I have not received and embraced the truth that a, a brother or sister in Christ have brought to me in love because of my pride. See, one will lead to more growth, receiving, embracing the truth and love. The other will stunt your growth. Some of you may wonder why you haven't grown spiritually, why you're stunted. Do you love the truth? Do you love the truth? Do you love the Word of God? Do you love the gospel? Do you receive it? Do you love the truth at the cost of your own pride? That if you want to grow spiritually, humble yourself. Receive the word, receive the truth with gladness and joy. And therefore, guess what, folks? You will grow. Ultimately, it is Jesus that makes the body grow. And he is more than able and willing to do so. He says that he will build his church. He promised he would do it. And that's a relief to pastors. Because we are just under shepherds of the great shepherd, the good shepherd. He will build his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. However, the Bible says in verse 16, look at verse 16 with me. The Bible says that in verse 16, building the body or growth towards maturity, also takes several other things. So look with me. It takes us, in verse 16, you'll see that, joined, held together. Do you see that? It takes us joined, held together, and connected. Now, it says it's connected by every joint. So let's think about that word joint just for a moment. A healthy joint, I believe, I'm not certain, but I believe that a healthy joint connects the parts to one another and helps them function properly. If I'm looking at human development and I'm thinking about what a joint is, then a joint is that that connects the parts to one another and helps them function properly. Now, could these healthy joints be the relationships, the healthy relationships, the fellowship, the community that we have with one another that connects us. Could be. But it also says that being equipped with the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, when each part is working properly, so you have two parts connected by a joint, and if they're working properly, then something happens. It says... Through the gospel ministry or the work of the gospel ministry of one another into our community, the body builds itself up ultimately in love. If all the parts are connected and working properly, then the body is being built up ultimately in love. That's where we're headed, love. Now, I've given you a couple scriptures here. I don't think we have time to really go into them too much. But Hebrews 12, 12 through 13 Hebrews 12, 12 through 13. I'll read this real quickly. It says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And in the, this passage, the context is the church, it's the body. 
And basically what he's saying here is that something is lame. There is a part of the body that is lame. And he's encouraging the church to come alongside that part in the body so that the body's not put out of joint, not out of relationship with one another, but rather healed. So it's important, folks, right? Those relationships, those connections, being obligated to one another and gospel ministry to one another, very, very meaningful, very important, according to the Word of God. But ultimately, to be built up in love. Matthew Henry, he is an old dead guy. I love old dead guys. I didn't say old guys, Big Fred. I just said old dead guys. So no offense. You're still laughing. Good. Matthew Henry says, Here we find that mutual love. He's talking about this passage in particular, this verse. He says, Here we find that mutual love among Christians. Maybe that's the joint that Paul's talking about. Mutual love and encouragement, relationship with one another, is a great friend to spiritual growth. So how do you help each other grow spiritually? Well, one of the ways, maybe the most important way, ways is to love one another. Ultimately, the church, the body, builds itself up in love. And then he goes on to say, whereas a kingdom divided against itself, cannot stand. Here we find that mutual love among Christians is a great friend of spiritual growth. It is in love that the body edifies itself, whereas a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Folks, we've got to love one another. Once again, the basics. I'm reminded of the basics over the last several weeks in this whole series, actually. We've been focusing in on the basics. The basics of faith, hope, and love are ingredients to spiritual maturity. But the greatest of these is love, according to the Word of God. Love not only leads to growth, but maybe the fullest expression, the fullest expression of spiritual adulthood, which is the image of Christ, the perfect man, and at the same time, the perfect God, the full embodiment of Christ. Mature manhood, spiritual adulthood, Jesus Christ, the image of him. This is where we're going. This is what God is doing. He is building the perfect man. So folks, if you want the measure of a man or a woman, see how they love God. See how they love his church. See how they love their families. See how they love people in general. Especially during this election cycle, I know that... Mike's talked about it. Folks, we've got to love people. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And are we going to stand apart from the rest of everyone else on Facebook, Twitter, wherever we're at, and are we going to show something different? No matter where you're at politically in the spectrum, are you going to, yes, give your opinion, but how are you going to give it? Are you going to berate one another, or are you going to love one another? This is an incredible time, church, for us to display the grace and truth of Jesus Christ, to display the image of Christ in your life. Love one another. Love your community. If you want the measure of a church, see how they love. 
And folks, we're not there yet, but I believe that we're growing in love. We're not perfect in love by any stretch of the imagination. But I watch you out there as you're eating donuts and drinking coffee. That's, that's the love ministry out there. I want you to know. That's why we invest in good donuts and most of the time, okay, coffee. It's so that you'll come together and love one another. And that when people come into that fellowship area, are they seeing that love? I think so. So when someone comes in and they're very anxious about being a part of a big church and coming into a place that, where no one knows them, are they seeing love? Are you extending your hand and welcoming them? Are you saying, God, we, are you displaying the fact that we love God and we love each other and we love you? That's why we do that out there. It's not to get our bellies full. Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. This happened in the early church. I don't remember where I heard this, but back in the early church, the community looked at the early church and said, see how they love. Watch, just watch how they love. It was distinct. It was unique. It was special. Once again, not perfection yet, but growth towards spiritual adulthood and maturity. How do you love? Is your love for God and others growing colder or warmer as you grow through the years of your life? Maybe it's time to take your temperature. Warmer is better when it comes to spiritual adulthood and love. Growing spiritually, individually, to build the body corporately means you're growing in love for God, one another, and community. Are you seeking ways to love? Are you looking to God for his grace to grow in faith and doctrine and love? Are you seeking ways to do that? He will give you grace. If you ask, he will give you the help and grace that you need to do that. So are you growing not only is a positive trajectory of growth best for you, but you are connected to other parts of the body that need you. You have an obligation to one another to grow spiritually. You are connected through relationship. You are connected to the head, the perfect Christ, the perfect Son of God, your Lord and your Savior. You and I have a corporate obligation to grow into spiritual adulthood, and I hope that over the next couple of years, we're asking God to grow the health and the size of our church because one without the other leads to a jacked up body, okay? You gotta have size. You gotta have health, intention, working together, increasing and building up the body of Christ. We don't do it to make the Harvest Community Church name known. We do it to make Jesus famous, for him to be known, for people to get saved, for people to love each other, minister to, towards one another. It's not about us. It's about what God is doing. He's building the body. Our community needs us. You need one another. God doesn't need you, but you need him. Folks, it's mission critical for our church now and over the next couple of years as we're looking to double in health and size in the future, that the parts are growing spiritually into Christ and connecting to one another in love and a singular purpose of building the body. 
building the body, a bride. Here's the other metaphor. A bride that Jesus will present to himself someday without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. What a great day that will be, right? Thank you for listening to this sermon from Harvest Community Church. We invite you to join us at any one of our four campuses located in Catanning, Petrolia Valley, Indiana, and Freeport. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org.